0: This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor podcast. I am back live. I'm so excited to be back. I took a couple of weeks and we had a couple of replay episodes uh, and I just needed to do that to take a break, you know. I know you can appreciate that I had to rejuvenate myself. So we are good and I am back. And I hope you enjoyed the replay episodes because they were two episodes that were really important. And they just happen to be ones that I did in the beginning of the podcast. So they don't always get the attention that they deserve. Because when you start listening to a podcast that's been going on for a year, you don't always go back to the beginning. So I wanted to highlight those ones because they were two important topics. So I hopefully... Uh, you enjoyed those, and today we are talking about some uh, some of the basic concepts. So we're going back to the foundation. I've had a lot of conversations with people lately, in the past month or so, that they're so worked up. The people are so worked up about a, an issue that they're having right now, or a nutritional technicality that they're managing or trying to go through. And when I look at it from an outsider's perspective it's so clear to me that they just need to go back to the basics. They need to go back to the foundational things that have somehow gotten thrown off track. Because when we get so focused on a problem, we get so focused on a symptom or a new diagnosis or whatever, we tend to forget that the foundational things may be important and they may be thrown off. So I want to drop back to some of the foundational things. And one of those foundational things, has to do with your mindset and where you're at, as far as like, are you ready to make a change, sometimes you have to drop it back to even that and ask yourself, you're faced with a symptom, or you're faced with some sort of condition or some sort of diagnosed something. And now you are coming at it from that perspective, when you really want to drop back and take a look at are you in the right frame of mind to make a change in the first place. So that's where we're going to kind of start today. And then I'm going to tie in some other foundational kind of concepts with nutrition that you can kind of do a self-assessment as we go and just see like, are you are you nailing the basics? Basically, are you are you getting the foundational things? Are they solid? Or is there room for improvement on some of those? And maybe that's where you need to start. By the way, I know it can be You you might roll your eyes, you might roll your eyes and be like, I don't need to make sure I'm drinking enough water. I have diabetes. Well, you do. So, so bear with me here and let's address some of the foundational things and you can do a self-assessment to see where you're at. So we've all wanted to change or improve a behavior at some point. So when I say behavior, in this case, I mean a habit or an action. So maybe you want to add in something to improve your health. Like maybe you want to add in another glass of water or another vegetable at dinner, or maybe you wanted to reduce or eliminate a habit like smoking or biting your nails, something like that. If you've decided though at any point to change something, you most likely have encountered some obstacles or resistance along the way. So let's break down why these obstacles and resistance show themselves and what we can do to make it easier. So one thing I want to point out is change is hard. Sometimes it's very hard. Sometimes it's scary. We are so much surrounded and in our own routines. Routine is something that as human beings, we crave because on a foundational biological level, it's safe. And some of us thrive on routine. Actually, most of us thrive on some form of routine. To change a routine, even if it's for a good reason, takes effort, it takes extra brain power, it takes thinking about things in a new way. And for some, the effort to change becomes the biggest barrier. So for example, raise your hand if you had every intention to add more veggies into your diet. And you go to the store, you buy all the leafy greens, the orange things, and the shredded whatnots, and you bring them all home. With, you know, nothing but hope and intention radiating and beaming from you. You bring them all home and put them in your fridge. Then, when it comes to be dinner time, you push that lettuce and the green things out of the way, and you make the same pasta dish you've always made, or you go and grab takeout or DoorDash or whatever. After a week, you realize... Oh, crap, it's all spoiled and rotting in the fridge. So you toss it out and you, you know, vow to do better next time and you're going to make a change and all that. So that's an example of how change can be hard. You have all the intentions, but you're still stuck in the pattern of your old routine. It's not always a lack of motivation that derails us. In fact, it's rarely a lack of motivation that derails us. It can be the fact that doing something out of your routine takes extra focus and intention and more brain power. For those who are already you know, frazzled from life or from kids or from work and all the stresses that come with all of those things, now you add in hungriness to it or hunger to it, that's not exactly a winning combination for implementing a new habit. Of course, you're going to resort to the routine you know in those moments because it's easy and it takes little thought. And you know it it works for you and it accomplishes the task of eating, which is, you know, all you are probably thinking about in that moment of hunger. So what you may not know, though, about change and what most people don't realize is that change is a process, not a single action. So again, change is a process, not a single action. There are actually five stages of change. You may have heard of them before. And this is identified in what's called the trans-theoretical model. And this was developed by James Prochaska and Carlo DiClemente. And these two, I believe, psychologists were foundational in this trans-theoretical model. It's also known as the stages of change. And this model shows that a person at any given time will be in one of five stages in relation to a behavior that they want to change. And we're going to go through these, but I just wanted to give you kind of some history if you weren't familiar or if you needed a refresher. So the person must pass through each stage of change before moving on to the next. And sometimes a person can go back a stage or stall out in one er, stage or skip a stage and then resort back and fall back a little bit. So there's a little bit of movement when it comes to the stages of change. Um, But going through each stage is going to be important for building upon the next. So let's break down the stages. So first you have pre-contemplation actually let me list the stages first so you know where we're going with this so you have pre-contemplation contemplation contemplation, preparation action and maintenance so the first stage is going to be pre-contemplation in this stage the desire to change something is zero It's, it's not something you want to do the lack of desire may be due to not understanding the benefits of the change, or uh, maybe you need more education around the behavior, or if you have like a history of trying to change and failing, that can be kind of weighing in on this stage. So how you move to the next stage, if you kind of recognize yourself as this might be me or this might be somebody I know, you know, maybe a spouse or a, a child or whatever, education is key in this stage. So you need maybe read more about the the new action that you're wanting to, to change or the new behavior you're wanting to, to implement. You understand and learn about the consequences of not changing. That can be helpful. So what happens if you don't change? Uh, think about what you potentially could miss out on if you don't change. For example, if I don't start walking regularly, I won't be able to play games with the kids in the yard, or, or if I don't start lifting weights, I can't carry all the grocery bags in with, with in one swoop, you know, whatever, whatever the outcome may be, if you don't change, are something to pay attention to. And again, it's not going to be a shame. You're not trying to attach shame and guilt into change, because of course, that's not going to be a good foundation for healthy change, but it's just simply educating on all possible scenarios and all possible outcomes if the change doesn't happen. So keep that in mind. Do not attach any guilt or shame or any emotional association whatsoever. It's just simply data collection, uh, education, and learning all the possible things that could happen if you do or don't change. All right. So that's pre-contemplation. You're, you're, It's before you're even thinking about change. It's the step before you even think about change. So the next step is contemplation. So you had pre-contemplation. Now you have contemplation. In this stage, the person may be, uh, you know, you may be more willing or more aware that the behavior is becoming a problem, or it could be preventing you from doing something that you desire to do. So that commitment to change the behavior is still not necessarily there, but it could be something the person is starting to think about. So how to move to this next stage? I can give an example of contemplation. So this might be, okay, I'm hearing Stephanie talk about vegetables all the time. It's it's making sense that they are good for you, or good for me, and they provide vi- fiber and vitamins and all of that. I get it. I'm understanding it. I, I'm I'm. Not quite ready to go to the store and buy a ton of veggies and have them every single day, but I'm understanding it and I'm open to the discussion about what that might look like for me to change. So that's kind of an example of being in the contemplation stage. So how to move to the next stage is, uh, this is where a pros and cons list is, it might be good. So write out the pros and cons of changing that behavior. What are the pros of adding in more vegetables? What are the cons of adding in more vegetables? Then really look at each item on that list, and the cons are what's keeping you from changing. Usually, usually it's the cons or it's what keeping you from changing. So these are the barriers that you are perceiving, meaning they may or may not be actual barriers, but in your mind, they're a barrier to you. So analyze each one of these and determine at least one or two solutions to overcome them. So for example, if your goal is to walk five days a week for 30 minutes and you write a con to walking as you don't have enough time, list out one or two solutions and they could be number one, I'll wake up 30 minutes earlier each day to walk. That's a solution. Number two might be I'll walk in the park or I'll, or yeah, I'll walk in the park while my kids are playing. Or maybe a solution might be I'll park my car in the far parking ramp so I have to walk 15 minutes to the building and 15 minutes minutes back to my car. So you can add it in. That's a solution to the time crunch, which can be really a common perceived barrier uh, for anyone starting anything, whether it's nutrition related or fitness related, that's usually one of the bigger barriers that come up. So that is the contemplation stage. All right, the next stage is preparation. So in this stage, you have decided to change. You're like, okay, Stephanie, I hear you talking about the veggies. I hear you talking about getting some exercise in. I'm here now. I'm in the stage. I'm ready to to make a change in this stage. You know, you need to, and you are ready to take the first step to doing so. So depending on your desired change. This could mean that you enlist a friend to walk with, or you buy new walking shoes, or you make a Pinterest board of easy and healthy dinners to make that include vegetables. Uh, This stage is all about planning and preparing, and part of that should be anticipating or thinking ahead for any barriers. So take a peek again at that cons list that you filled out in the last stage These are your anticipated barriers. So having a plan, those one to two solutions, or having a plan for each one of those cons will eventually weaken their strength and you will be able to power through. Always know that unexpected things will happen. So having a backup plan can be helpful. So for example, you decide to train for a 5k. During this time, anticipate what you will do if it's raining outside during that time. Or during that time that you've set aside to run? Do you have access to a treadmill or an indoor track? Or can you do a different type of like a workout video? Can you check the weather and change your time or the day that you're going to run so that you can avoid that rain? Or are you just going to simply put on a raincoat and get out there and run anyways? You know, it rains on 5k days, race days too. So are you going to add that to your training? So have a plan B or a backup plan for the intentions that you set to reach your goal. So how you will move on to the next stage from this stage is create a detailed action plan for your goal. Now this might sound scary to you so it's a little intense when I say a detailed action plan but this is where really getting clear on your why behind your goal or your change that you're trying to do. So if you're clear on the why behind why you want to add in more vegetables or why you want to train for a 5K, that really helps to drive the change that you're trying to make. So sometimes you have to write this out and have it visual, or maybe there's a picture representation that you want. Like if if you if your goal eventually is to run around with your kids and play tag, maybe you have a big old picture of your kids running around. And that's your symbolic reminder that this is your why to doing things. So add to that action plan or add to that why any of the anticipated barriers and your backup plan and the solutions that you've already perceived, and you already have yourself a little handy dandy plan of attack. So the next stage is action. Now, action in this stage, you have implemented your plan of attack. You've implemented your desired change. And you've changed your behavior. It's still new, though, so it's totally normal to feel like you are riding the struggle bus, and maybe you're kind of going back and forth between being in a new behavior and missing your old behavior or your old routine. It's totally normal. But focus on your motivations to change your why, and even again, writing that down or having a visual is super helpful to keep you focused. So again, for example. If your goal is to start walking for 30 minutes, five days a week, so you can build up your stamina to be able to hike with your family during a scheduled you know trip that you have coming up, then a good visual may be a picture of the mountains or a hiking trail. And a little pro tip, selecting a positive visual will help foster an environment of self-love and support versus using something that lowers your self-esteem. This is always evidence, evident when people put like pictures, maybe people don't do this anymore, but you know, way a long time ago, people would put pictures of like super skinny supermodels up, and that was their motivation to change their diet. You know, that is an unhealthy visualization represent- representation. So keep it positive, keep it pro self love if you can, and that will uh, definitely drive you further than any guilt or shame or negative form of motivation. So to move to the next stage, you want to enlist as much positive support and encouragement as you can. So tell your friends and family about your change and your goals. A lot of people are hesitant to do this because when I and when I ask them, I'll say, did you tell your spouse that you want to start walking? Did you tell your kids? Did you tell your friends anybody else that you are starting this new routine or you're trying to eat healthier or you're trying to this, that and the other thing? Sometimes people will say no, and that's because they're afraid to fail. And have a negative perception of themselves in the eyes of somebody else. Which when I say it like that, you might be like, oh yeah, that's me. But I want you to know having the positive support and encouragement around you will drive you so much more than the guilt and shame of possibly quote unquote disappointing somebody if you don't achieve your goal. So just keep that in mind. And and keep your people updated on how they can support you. Most of all, understand that it is okay if you don't feel completely confident in your new habit yet. This stage, this particular stage, can take time and it's totally normal. All of these can take time. There's no set amount. It's not like you'll spend two weeks in each stage before you move on to the next. Sometimes you spend a year in pre-contemplation. Sometimes you spend a lifetime in pre-contemplation before you are ready to move ahead to contemplation. It's okay. Okay. There's no time frame on any of these, but recruiting as many positive supporters in your corner as possible is going to make it so much better and so much easier to achieve your goal. And and you'd be surprised. People don't want to see you fail. They don't. If you think that people want to see you fail, those aren't your people to surround yourself with. Nobody needs that negativity in their life. So surround yourself with positive people and people who will encourage you on the days where you need encouragement to keep you going forward. All right. And then the final stage is maintenance. So after six months or longer of practicing your new behavior, that is technically the maintenance stage. So I know I just said that there's no timeframes on any of this, but technically the maintenance stage kicks in after you've been doing your action for six months or longer. So it's likely that your new habit is part of your lifestyle now and you're comfortable with it. It's uh, second nature to you. It's your routine now. And this is the maintenance stage. So the focus here is now on relapse prevention. And I hate, I kind of hate to say the word relapse because it's so negative, but it's, it's preventing the reverse into the former patterns and habits, which can happen depending on what the triggers are. So understand what potentially could throw you off course and have a plan for that. So for many, it's holidays or vacations or maybe an illness tend to be more of the common causes for uh, reverting back to old habits. So you can't always plan for illness, but you know at some point it's likely that you or someone in your, your family or you give care to or whatever will get sick. So start thinking about one or two possible solutions should this happen. And do the same for vacations and holidays. You tend to know that those are coming, especially holidays. They come around the same time most years, every year. So you you can plan a little bit better for those. But just know that having a plan to keep you in your new habit as best you can will be very beneficial. And I want to say again, most people don't progress through these stages in perfect numerical order. I've worked with many who come to me in more of the preparation stage, but then fall back to contemplation or they get a new diagnosis perhaps, and they fall all the way back to pre-contemplation before progressing back up to contemplation and then preparation again. So each person is different and it can be different for each behavior and each of your goals. And that is totally okay. It's totally normal. Do not attach any guilt, shame, or any other emotion to it. It's part of being human. So three ways I want to talk about to make change a little bit easier. So we kind of talked about each stage of change and how to progress through to the next one, but three ways to kind of make the idea of change a little bit easier. Number one, you have to be clear. So identify your goal and be clear as you can on what it is and why you want to achieve it. That why is so, so important. Yes, you can say, I want to run a marathon, but why? especially on those days where it might be raining and you're on a 20 mile run you're like why am I doing this (laughs) like what is the point of this I made a poor choice I don't want to do this anymore whatever you have to have that why but you also need to be clear on your actual goal is the goal to finish simply just finish the race or is it to get a certain time or is it to have a certain feeling when you race whatever The point is to get very specific and clear on your goal and then get very specific and clear on your why. If you don't know exactly what you want to achieve, it's hard to know if you actually achieve it. So number two would be have a plan. So spend some time on creating your action plan and be fluid with this. Be flexible with this. If this has to be done each week because your schedule changes or your kids are in every activity um, or whatever, then sit down each week, even and make a plan. Failing to plan is planning to fail. I mean, there's definitely truth in that saying. Sometimes I have to do this, I, I am training for a 10k right now. And I made a general training plan for this where I have each of my long runs that are progressing each week and I understand which ones to do and all of that but each week I sit down I'm like okay this week is busy in the morning when I was supposed to run here and this week's supposed to be rainy or whatever I'm going to run on this day instead I'm going to do my speed training on this day I'm doing my strength training on that day whatever so each week I sit down and, and because my schedule is all over the place I have to plan each week at a time so you can have an overall umbrella of what you're gonna cover. But then also knowing that there's got to be some flexibility in there to achieve it on the smaller scale as well. So whatever your goal is, make sure you're doing that. And then number three would be enlist support. Find friends or family with similar goals maybe, or maybe they've achieved the goal you want to achieve, or uh, those who will support you as you work on your specific goals. These are the people you want to find accountability is so important for most people. So find someone or something that will hold you accountable and encourage you. So this could be a Facebook group, it might be joining a challenge, or it could simply be the desire to check something off a to-do list. If you make a, a to-do list every week or every day, and you want to just check that off, you can find some to-do lists in your phone or an apps forum, or having a racing buddy or training buddy or somebody that's going to help you stay accountable to your goals. It's not a punishment thing, but we all need that extra support in the beginning stages of change because again, it is a new habit and we're not on autopilot and we're setting some intentions and we're taking some intentional focus to achieve a goal. We all need that built-in encouragement and support to do that. So, hopefully this was helpful for you and help hopefully it helps you to kind of put different changes and different behaviors into perspective. And are you doing any of them? Are you doing some of those foundational behavior change things that will help you to achieve your goal? If you are not, if you feel like I am actually not doing some of this stuff, then maybe rewind this episode, go back and listen to the specific change or stage of change that you may or may not be in and take some of those actions that I, I gave some examples of on how to progress into the next stage. So if you need help with this, of course, I am here for you. You can schedule a a free consultation. This is some of the stuff that I go through in the free consultation because I want to know if we're going to work together. I want to know where you're at. If you are in pre-contemplation and we just need to focus on a lot of education and and filling you in on stuff, that's fine. If you are in maintenance and you just need some accountability or some uh, new ideas on how to make things fun and fresh so you don't get burnt out. I got you covered. So this is important, especially if you've had a new diagnosis or if you're struggling with a symptom that might be nutritionally related, again, don't focus on the symptom. We're focusing on the root cause and we're focusing on the, uh, the nutritional foundational things. And this is what I do in my coaching and in my coaching programs and in my group programs. This is what we focus on is getting some of those basics, like watching the sugar, looking at the quality of the foods that you're consuming. Are you getting enough nutrients? Are you absorbing your nutrients? Do you need supplementation? Not everybody does. Do you? Are you getting the foundational things like sleep and stress management and movement in your day regularly? So these are all the the pivotal things, the foundational things that I go over with each person to make sure that they are covered on a foundational level, and then we can build upon that. So if you need help with this, that is exactly what I'm here for. You can click in the show notes or go to foodfactornutrition.com and schedule a free consultation. And if needed, we can get you scheduled and signed up in one of the coaching programs. I'm happy to uh, offer to you if, if that is something that you find helpful. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found some uh, value in it. If you did, friendly reminder, please go on to iTunes and leave a review. Even if it's just checking the box of the stars, you don't have to type anything if you don't want to. But, and I, I appreciate everyone who has done that so far. I really appreciate all of the uh, the extra support that I've been given for this podcast because it uh, it's kind of lonely in podcast land. And I don't know what's landing for people. I don't know if, what questions people have. So if anything comes up for this episode, or if you uh, would like me to cover a new topic, um, please reach out to me or at least leave me a review if you can. All right, everyone. I hope you have a wonderful rest of the week. Bye.